Hello, everyone. My name is Terrence Williams. I am a small business owner, entrepreneur, sewer designer, influencer, content creator, activist, and the host of my podcast, Dreams, Seams, and Small Business Things. In today's episode, I want to talk about something that I find really interesting and a bit controversial. <laughs> so... I don't know why. I have never really thought it's a big deal, but apparently it's a big deal to quite a few people, especially on Instagram. But I love my body. I have been on a journey of acceptance and loving myself and loving my body. And part of that is showing off my body when I feel confident. And it isn't necessarily always in a sexual way. Sometimes it is just me being comfortable in my own skin. Sometimes it is videos of me um, applying beauty products, getting dressed, doing get ready with me's. And in those videos, you do see quite a bit of skin. And I always tell people, if you come on to my Instagram, you are probably going to see my butt. <laughs> You're probably going to see some cheeks. <laughs> and again, it's just because I love myself and I love my body and it's not always in a sexual way. But sometimes people take it as a sexual way. And some people just get really uncomfortable with bodies and sexuality and seeing certain body parts. And I completely understand that and I get it. But for me, it's just normal because, again, I have been on this process of learning to love myself and accept myself. And part of that process is being comfortable in my own skin in front of the camera. And as a content creator who is sewing and creating clothes and working with brands, especially underwear brands, there are going to be moments where on my social media, I'm going to be in my underwear. And it has caused quite a bit of backlash with people who follow me or used to follow me because they all unfollowed me because they are uncomfortable or they don't like it. And I get it. It's totally fine. If it's not something that you're comfortable with and not something that you want to see, then by all means, unfollow if you deem that necessary. It's not every post. It's not every story. It's not like it's happening all the time. It's here and there. But again, it does happen. But I wanted to kind of get to the process of how I came to love and accept myself and why I choose to present myself in the way that I present myself on social media. And in order to do that, we have to backtrack a little bit, uh, quite a lot, actually. <laughs> so growing up, and I've talked about this before, but growing up, I am adopted into an all-white family. So I am Black and my family is white. So they call that a transracial adoptee. And I grew up in Pennsylvania, rural Pennsylvania. I went to a predominantly white school. In elementary school, I was one, if not the only, Black person in my elementary school I'm the only Black person in my family. And so for me, I never realized that I was Black growing up 
because my family did not make it a big deal. They didn't make it a thing. They have always just been so loving and supportive and not wanting to make me feel like an outsider. And so it just never really was a a topic of conversation. And it was, I mean, looking in the mirror and looking at my brother and my sister and my mom, like I obviously could see that I was a different color, but it's not something that I stood there and thought about consistently and constantly or something that was constantly on my conscience. And that, again, it's because my family was very protective of me and they loved me. It wasn't until I got to school that other kids pointed out that I was Black and pointed out my features and made it a big deal where I realized that I was Black and I realized that I was different and I realized that I was not like everyone else. My family had created this very protective bubble around me, which every parent does, every family does for their child. And I was very grateful for it. But being in that protective, supportive bubble, it didn't prepare me for when I stepped outside of that bubble and had to deal with people in the real world who are just mean and hateful and unkind. And so... And that is of no fault to my family. I do not place any blame or any fault at their feet at all. That is just how the world works. And it wouldn't have mattered if I was Black or if I was white. They would have done the same thing. They did the same thing to my brother as they did to me. Just created a loving, supportive, wonderful environment where things like that just did not matter to them. And so they never sat down, as far as I can remember, until I got to school and had the conversation where it's like, you're Black and we're white and people are going to treat you differently because of that. And we never had that conversation growing up until I got to school. So when I got to school, it was relentless bullying every day. And it wasn't the normal teasing and bullying that kids do. It was always about the color of my skin and always about the way that I acted and the things that I did. So I always say the kids at my school knew my body better than I knew my body because they would sit there and they would examine me. They would look at my face and my nose because I have a big you know, typical African-American nose, and they would make fun of my nose. They would make fun of my hands because one side is black, like the color of my skin, and the other side is a different color. It looks like a white person's palm. They would make fun of my hair, and they would touch it and pet it all the time and say it felt like sheep's wool or carpet, uh, my skin, like the literal, literal blackness of my skin, they would make for everything, anything that they could make fun of. They would make fun of my stomach. They would make fun of my uh, butt. They would make fun of my chicken legs. They, you know, my private parts when we were changing in the locker room or whatever. It was always a topic of conversation. And so I spent the majority of my life feeling like I was ugly, 
because every day that I walked into that school with those white students, they made me feel like I was ugly. And they told me every day that I was ugly. And so I grew up my whole life not being confident in the way that I looked, not feeling beautiful, not feeling attractive, not feeling desired, or that people were interested in me romantically or wanted to date me, and nothing, nothing. And so I had to go years, and not just elementary school, it was middle school, and it was high school, and it was even in to college, but then in college, I was able to finally be around Black people and have conversations around Blackness and what it means to be Black and just learn about Black history and Black culture and Black music artists and Black painting artists and sculptures and just everything. And so I was finally able to be immersed in that culture. And that's when a shift happened, right? I was able to stand in my blackness and say, I'm black and I'm proud to be black and I'm going to talk about being black and the black experience because my family is very much like, oh, we don't see color. Uh, Like we know that you are black or we know that someone is Hispanic, but it doesn't really affect the way that we talk to them. Or Well, my sister and my mom, my brothers, that's a whole different story. (laughs) But they are just very much like you are who you are and it's all about your personality and nothing else matters. And when, you know, we're not necessarily going to have conversations about it because it doesn't. It doesn't matter to us. But for me, it matters. It matters to have those conversations because they are things that define people, right? So your race or your ethnicity is a defining feature of how you are raised, how you live your life, Uh, The things you eat, the things you say, the way you dress, the cultural norms, how you present yourself in society, the opportunities that you take or you don't take, the the careers that you take or don't take, it all really factors and plays a part. And so for me, it's important to have those conversations. But unfortunately, growing up, I wasn't able to have those conversations because there was no one to have those conversations with. And so again, when I finally got to college, I was able to have those conversations and I was able to explore my body in a way that I didn't know before. And I was able to understand that, yeah, my nose is big and wide, but everyone or a lot of people have big and wide noses and it's fine. Yes, my skin is black, but it is a beautiful shade of black and I should be proud of that. Yes, my hair is a different texture than these blonde girls with straight hair or the boys in my class who had brown hair and it was like straight like straw. Of course, my texture is going to be different, but it doesn't mean that my hair texture isn't beautiful in its own way. I was being compared to the beauty standards of what these kids have seen their whole life. Again, I grew up in a really white town, and so did these kids. They were surrounded by white people. 
who all looked the same, who all did the same things, who all acted the same, were into the same activities. There really was not a lot of diversity. So when you have someone who is Black, who is completely different, of course, I'm going to be an anomaly. They would always compare me to Steve Urkel. They would always say that I looked like Steve Urkel. I never saw it. And still to this day, I don't think that I look like Steve Urkel. There's nothing wrong with Steve Urkel. There's nothing wrong with the guy who plays Steve Urkel. I thought he was cute. He's a very handsome man. I just don't think we look alike. And it took me years to figure out why they always compared me to Steve Urkel. And it finally clicked. The reason that my white classmates were comparing me to Steve Urkel was because Steve Urkel was one of the only Black people that they probably had access to on TV. So with the lack of representation and not being able to see a lot of Black people, the one prominent Black person that they have access to was Steve Urkel. So then they thought, oh, well, every Black person looks like Steve Urkel. Are you definitely look like Steve Urkel? Just because we're Black and just because we have similar hair and just because I wore glasses. So it wasn't that I looked like Steve Urkel. It just they didn't have a reference point aside from Steve Urkel. It definitely, definitely took me years to realize that that was a microaggression and that everything that they were doing was a microaggression and inappropriate. I knew in the moment that it didn't make me feel good when they were petting my hair and touching my skin and my face and my body. It was constant every day, touching me, poking me, prodding me. It didn't feel good, but I didn't know why. And then it took me again years later for me to realize that those are what we call microaggressions. So it's racism on a kind of smaller, more innocent scale is how we can describe it. So you're not doing things maliciously or with malicious intention You probably just don't know that what you are doing or what you are saying is offensive and what you are doing and what you are saying is rooted in some kind of bigotry and racism. I think, and this can be a discussion for another podcast, I think a lot of the times people think racism is, you know, calling people the N-word or walking around with a KKK hood and and lynching people, the, the more... Uh, vibrant and noticeable acts of racism. That's what people classify as racism. And that's what people classify people who do that as racist. And so that's why we hear all the time, oh, I'm not a racist. I can't be racist. Rhetoric, you can be. A lot of the times you probably don't realize it, but you, you can be. But that is a conversation for another podcast that we will definitely get into. But the things that I experienced were microaggressions and they did hurt my feelings and it took me years to figure out that that's what they were, but they affected my self-confidence. So again, my whole life, I've never felt beautiful. It took me until my 20s when I realized that I was beautiful and it didn't matter what other people said. I felt attractive and it's still a process to this day. 
really coming to terms with myself and accepting myself for who I am and loving my body. But at this stage of my life, I, I love my body. I love who I am. I definitely would love to lose, tone up and lose a few pounds and gain a little more muscle. But <laughs> that involves working out and I'm just not in the mood to do that right now. <laughs> it's a process just like everything else. So now I'm at a point in my life again where I love my body and I love myself and I just feel that I spent years being made fun of and degraded and told that I was ugly and now I'm on the other side of that and I just want to celebrate myself and celebrate my body. And I know I can do that without taking my clothes off, but I just like to do that. It's just something that makes me feel good. It makes me feel confident. It makes me feel sexy because, again, I have gone my whole life being told that my skin was ugly. My skin color was ugly. My hair was ugly. And now I just want to show it off and scream from the rooftops that I am beautiful and I am confident and I am sexy in the skin that I am in, in this brown skin that I am in. And so when I post these pictures on my Instagram, I get messages or I, in my my private messages, or I get comments of people just berating me, really dragging me through the coals, belittling me. Uh, saying how my posts are inappropriate or they don't like it. And again, if that's your opinion, if that's how you feel, that is fine. Feel free to unfollow. But I don't think that there is anything wrong with me expressing myself and my confidence in the way that I choose to. Just the same way that you express yourself and your confidence in the way that you want to is the way that I want to do it for myself. And if posting those pictures makes me feel good and I feel validated and I feel worthy, then that is the most important thing. Other people's opinions of me don't matter. And the added benefit of posting those pictures is that they are for brands and they are brand deals. And I get paid for those brand deals. So at the end of the day, you may not like it, but I like it and I'm getting paid. So I'm going to keep posting those pictures. (laughs) So like I tell everyone, when you come onto my Instagram, you are probably going to see some booty cheeks. (laughs) Because that is just how I am. That is what I like to do. It's all about self-confidence and When you've been in my position where you have just been torn down and belittled and torn apart, finding the strength to build yourself back up and to love yourself is a tough journey, but it is a a much needed journey. It is a journey that you really learn not just to love yourself, but the steps of how to love yourself. It's a process just like with anything else. And it's different for each person. And the way that I choose to express it may be different, again, from the way that you choose to express it. But everyone has their own way of doing things. And this is how 
I choose to do my things. I am very open about my sexuality, not just being a gay black man, but I'm very open just about my experiences and the things that I like. I'm very candid and open about having sex. It's never something that I've shied away from or something that makes me uncomfortable. I understand for other people it makes them uncomfortable, but I mean, I just think that we're almost all doing it or into it or have tried it. So it's part of human nature. It's a regular human interaction. And I just think if you're an adult and I'm an adult and we are of age and we consent and and boundaries are put in place, if boundaries need to be put in place, not for the actual act, I'm talking specifically just about uh, talking about sex and sexuality. If everyone in the conversation is comfortable to have that conversation, then we can have that conversation. I'm very open about it and very open about my experiences and the things that I've done. Because for me, I never want to be shamed for it. I never want anyone to hold anything over my head. Um whether it's to kind of try to embarrass me or blackmail me. I'm always the type of person that is like, yeah, I did it. Yeah, I said it. Yeah, I took the picture. (laughs) Yes, that happened in the back of the truck with the man. Yes, that happened. Like, (laughs) I'm very open about it. And I got, I like, I just don't feel that I should be ashamed or embarrassed. And I also don't feel other people should be ashamed or embarrassed because we all have our things. We all have our kinks. We all have the things that we are into. And even if it's something that I'm not into, I would never shame anyone for being into it. You should be able to express yourself the way that you want to express yourself sexually. Um, Again, as long as boundaries are in place and everyone is of age and there is consent and there's mutual agreement that that is what is to be taking place, whether it's the physical act or whether it's having the conversations about it, I'm not going to stop posting those pictures. I'm not going to stop having those conversations. I am not going to stop going out in public in my short shorts or a sheer dress or having my jockstrap or thong hang out a little bit. I'm not going to stop those things. And I want people to know and realize that I'm not going to stop those things and that those things are going to be on my social media And it's not necessarily a cry for attention or just to be inappropriate. It is for brand deals and it is for myself. Because again, it's something that I enjoy doing and something that I love to do. I love to create content like that. I love to create content in general, but just content where I can be myself and express myself and show off the things that I am proud of. Listen, I used to go to the gym five days a week for like two, three hours a day. I would run four, five, six miles a day. So I was working out, running, going to the gym, doing everything. If you think I'm just going to sit here in baggy sweatpants and a hoodie and cover up, you've done lost your mind. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's not going to happen. That is not going to happen. <laughs> I am going to love myself. I'm going to love the body that I'm in. And I want to encourage you to love yourself and love the body that you're in. You don't have to post yourself half naked on Instagram if that's not something that you like to do. But at least look at yourself in the mirror and say, damn, I look good. Damn, I am sexy. Damn, I love my cellulite or my wrinkles or my rolls. Or even if you don't love that stuff, you could say, okay, I don't like the cellulite, so I'm going to work out or put lotion or do this or do that in order to improve whatever it is that you want to improve. But at the end of the day, I want you to love yourself and love the body that you are in and do not let society or other people dictate you and what you can do and what you can be into. And I want you to be open about having conversations about sex and around your sexuality. I don't think you should be shamed for it. And I don't think you should be ashamed about it. I think you should be able to have those conversations with friends or with family or your partner and feel confident that they are going to respect you and respect your opinion and, and respect the things that you post. I love seeing this kind of sexual revolution and people being more open to things. And I love the boudoir photo shoots of people of all shapes and sizes. I just think it's so classy and, and tasteful, but fun and sexy and sneaky. And it's just great to see. I love when people just embrace embrace every side of them. It's it's wonderful to see. So that is the reason that I post the pictures that I post on Instagram. And to just let people know that I am definitely not going to stop posting those pictures because they make me happy and they are part of who I am. I've said from the very beginning, I may be a small business owner and I may be a content creator influencer, but at the end of the day, I'm a human. I'm person with a person with emotions and feelings and thoughts, and those are going to outweigh anything else. I don't want to change who I am just because of a brand deal. I will decline the money and the brand deal, if I have to give up who I am and change who I am as a person, it's not worth it. And part of who I am as a person is uh, a sexual being, a sexual person, and a sensual person, and a person who is body confident and, and body positive. And if it doesn't work out with the brand or if it doesn't work out with the follower, then that's okay. Because at the end of the day, I'm going to be who I am, and I'm going to be proud of who I am. And that's it. <laughs> so if you take anything away from this podcast, I want you to take away loving yourself and not being afraid to have the taboo conversations that society says that we are not supposed to have. Because over here on my page in my space, we're going to have those conversations and they're going to be in a safe, non-judgmental way. Uh, because I think everyone has a right to express themselves in the best way that they see fit. And that is what I am doing. So 
I guess this is just a PSA and a warning <laughs> that that's what I'm about. And I don't plan on stopping anytime soon. So thank you to the people who have always been supportive and who don't judge and who don't care. I really appreciate y'all so much for letting me be myself, for letting me show some cheek, <laughs> for letting me show some skin and just embrace everything that this beautiful black body has to offer. I appreciate your love and support, but I also appreciate this journey that I've been on and where it has led me to today. So until the next podcast, I hope y'all are doing well. I've been doing a few more episodes a week, and I really have been enjoying it because, again, I have stories to tell them, things to say. So until next time, have a good one, y'all. <laughs>